All right, welcome. Yeah. Here we are. Here we are. So shall we start with a prayer that um, the divine give us the words uh, that would be the most helpful to anybody listening? Yes. God, God, grant us the serenity, us the serenity to accept, the, accept things the things we, we cannot, cannot change. change. Encourage, Encourage to, to change, change the things, the things, we, things can. we can. And the wisdom, the wisdom to, to know, know the difference. difference. All right. As I like to say, may your will be our heart's desire. Yes. We can trust our desires. Mm -hmm. Surrendered desires. <laughs> Surrendered desires. Refashioned, repackaged desires. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, the big book talks about when our thought life is fit, um, placed on a higher plane, that we can trust that our instincts and our desires. Um, and uh, that's a beautiful promise, but it comes a uh, a wee bit after step one <laughs> yes and that is what we're talking about today mm -hmm. step one we admitted we were powerless over fear and shame mm -hmm. is how i wrote it when you gave me my first first step assignment yeah and i'm i'm uh really uh, curious about your telling of your experience. Um, and before we dive into step one, I wanted to <clears throat> ground this in both why um, I think that this is going to be powerful and is powerful work, but also um, from the lineage or the heritage from which we're situated. Um, we referenced that a little bit on the earlier one, and I've just been nudged by the divine to talk more explicitly about that. <clears throat> so um, I uh, stopped drinking when I was 14, <laughs> um, uh, not out of any noble divine nudge, but because my father was um, quite a severe alcoholic, it was my form of... Uh, rebellion. So I used to come home and kind of knock back the vodka and orange juice after babysitting. I never, and so I never developed into a full-blown alcoholic because I could stop at that time. And my contempt was strong enough to um, stop it. Because <clears throat> um, it was a way of not, it was a way of, they say about um, abused children that um, one of the only protections if you don't have any uh, have any agency can be um, hatred and contempt. That's like an agency. And so I exercised that by not drinking. Um, but by then I had full-blown food alcoholism that I call it. Um, and I had the alcoholic version of food, meaning that I had an allergy of the body. 
that when I took in certain substances, I couldn't stop. Um, I never had half of a piece of cake. It was um, uh, four cakes in the closet and ordering a dozen donuts. Um, but the problem would be solved if I never took the piece of cake, but I was incapable of doing that. I had an obsession mm -hmm. for food. And so it, it mirrored exactly the alcoholic um, experience um, in terms of that piece. And so my um, recovery over the last almost 30 years in with food has mirrored the um, AA big book course around um, the substance, because in my case, it's the same. Um, it's not the same in that it started young, like four years old. <laughs> uh, and they say in program that you stop maturing emotionally when you pick up. And so uh, my emotional maturity was a little bit um, further behind, so I would say when I came into the rooms, but I had an experience. So I had the phenomenon of craving in terms of the, the, they talk about in the big book. And mm -hmm. I also had, I was beyond human aid and that I would have to be locked up if I was going to not use. And I knew this, I used to have fantasies about going into a coma for six months um, so that I could lose the weight because there was, I was beyond human aid. There was no chance that I wasn't going to pick up. And uh, I was in that horrible place. And I had that total profound psychic change that the big book talks about around and the strangest sensation when I had that spiritual awakening that the problem had been removed. It was really odd. Um, it's like when you've had a toothache for a long time and you just keep looking for the toothache, but it's gone. Mm. And um, that was my experience. Like it has been almost 30 years since I have um, picked up any of my alcoholic foods. Um, and today I have a very precise, I take the tiger for a walk three times a day and I have a very precise weight and measured uh, eating and it is safe and protected and beautiful and nourishing. And, and it was made possible um, by a uh, spiritual awakening. And um, I go back to how the big book talks about it and, um, and I'll just kind of read from the doctor's opinion. Um, and the doctor says one feels that something more than human power is needed to produce the essential psychic change. Um, but once the psychic change has occurred, the very same person who seemed doomed, and I was doomed, um, I had been declared doomed by people in the know in the psychology world, who had so many problems they despaired of ever solving them, suddenly finds himself easily able to control his desire for alcohol. That absolutely ha happened for me. It was easy to not want mm -hmm. to. So I had this profound, profound psychic change. And, um, but what I came up against, and so I was just in this place of like, oh my God, there's something out there and it is so mind-blowingly beautiful. I can't even. Um, and... I can't even, um, I was at a treatment center even earlier than that, um, for food. And the doctor there said, like, you're going to die. Like I was 22 years old. It's like, you're going to die from this. And I'm like, that doesn't make any difference to me. Cause I can't stop. Right. So I knew right. step one, I knew I had nothing. <clears throat> and then I was in, I had this freedom that was like, Oh my God. 
Um, and it talks about it so beautifully in the big book, the descriptions of it. Um, and, and I, I related to them and I, I, they're gorgeous and the descriptions are different, but they're the same. It's like, this is gorgeous power that arrives and does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And the whole purpose of the big book is about how those people found this gorgeous power that did for them what they couldn't do for themselves. And so when I came into, so I had that, but then what was happening is I didn't have enough money to buy groceries, um, which is kind of essential for my food recovery. And um, that brought me into uh, Debtors Anonymous. And, um, and so I've had what I got, what, what I knew from my first program and going to the second is that I had to find out what the bottom line was and um, go there right away. Cause I, and in, in DA, it is not incurring unsecured debt, which is any debt that's not born, um, backed up by collateral, like a house. And so I knew from the moment I walked into DA and found out what their bottom line was, that that was my step one powerlessness, bottom line, I will not incur unsecured debt. And I knew it from my first program that anything, any, any cent of debt that I would incur would delay me from having the spiritual experience. And so it's been 25 years for me of not incurring any unsecured debt. And it required me to do all kinds of things really fast because I did not have enough money. So I, and I was willing to go to any lengths to do it. So I brought all my stuff to a pawn shop and they said, this is garbage. And I was like, okay, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I asked people in program for, um, uh, I collateralized my, my uh, grandmother's engagement ring and I, et cetera. I did all um, kinds of things to stay in that. No, like going to any lengths. Um, and I've had awakenings for sure around all of these pieces. So that's the, that's the foundation from which I stand. And then the, the, the familiarity with stopping doing the things that I'm, that are killing me um, is what I've kind of become adept at and grateful for and, and, and moved through the program. The power, the step one for both of those things was obvious. What has been more uh, difficult around step one is a power understanding fundamentally, and this has happened over an arc of 25 years of under earning and compulsive spending and all the different manifestations around money is the fundamental powerlessness that I have over the attachment to struggle, to the orientation the profound kind of incubation of early childhood and fear and shame. And I'm so powerless over these things that I don't even know them. So it's levels and levels of powerlessness. And yet in the same way that um, the divine hand moved me into those places of healing, I've been propelled to thrive. So it's how do you move through the beauty, the beauty of the big book and the promises of it What's the, what's the step one um, on a journey to thriving, to a life beyond our wildest dreams when, um, when the attachment to struggle is so profound? 
So I wanted to just share that in terms of the context. And then Caitlin, I'd love to um, hear that from you. But just before that, I wanted to bring in another dimension here. Mm -hmm. And that is the reason that I think that it is worth the inquiry of the big book of the 12 steps to look to it, to heal complex PTSD, to heal dissociative disorder, um, is that the book is filled with promises um, about, and I'll literally read from Bill's story, how dark it is before the dawn. Mm. I was soon to be catapulted into what I like to call the fourth dimension of existence. I was to know happiness, peace, and usefulness in a way and a way of life that is incredibly more wonderful as time passes. Mm. So the big book talks about psychic change. It talks about there's a, there's this power of love somewhere that is doing these amazing things. And I've had that experience. And so my, the, the, the inquiry in terms of that kind of power, not like an incremental, it'll get a bit better if I know myself better and I understand my reactions as a kid or whatever. It's like, no, it's like fourth dimension rocketed, completely mm -hmm. different, right? Like power. Um, and one of my, my most favorite line in the entire big book is on page um, 45. And the sentence is obviously... Mm -hmm. And that sentence comes after this sentence. Lack of power was our dilemma. We had to find a power by which we could live. And it had to be a power greater than ourselves. Period. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> and yet that is not, has not been obvious. It was obvious to me around food and uh, debting but it was not obvious to me around my profound attachment to struggle period um that i i have an unusual i have almost like an allergic reaction to things going easily mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. and so the promise of the big book around psychic change around there being this power and the experience of that makes me hopeful that in the inquiry and in bringing the power of the big book to um to levels of powerlessness that are related to um, profound childhood abuse. And that there's hope there, that it, there's a level, there's a, there's a, there's a inquiry that can be really transformative and new power can plug in. And so I just wanted to say those things kind of in the context before diving into a step one, as it relates to fear, shame, struggle, and having a central nervous system that's addicted to those things that has um, been under the under the radar for a long time. Yeah. And I have just a question and to echo back to the first episode, am I understanding in your story correctly? that your Bill W experience with food happened before you came in contact with the big book. Mm -hmm. Okay. And how, how did you come into contact with the big book? 
Um, well, I had like, um, I had been in a treatment center where they had the big book, but I didn't really, we used it as like um, a yearbook where everyone would sign it. <laughs> <laughs> Never um, change. Except, <laughs> actually, please do. <laughs> um, and I had been in like an OA, OA ask. So I wasn't like told, I didn't, I wasn't unfamiliar vaguely with the 12 steps, mm-hmm. but I hadn't. Um, I hadn't, um, read his, um, Bill's story. Mm. And, um, when I read it and I'm just going to see if I can actually find, um, how he describes it, if I can, um, but it talks about rocketed into the fourth dimension and um and let me just see yeah i'll look oh. too yeah he says it in such a beautiful beautiful um yeah so um too bad you can't do control f yeah no here it is so here the, the um room. So he said, my friend suggested what then seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That Hmm. statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. It was only a matter of being willing to believe in a power greater than myself. Nothing more was required to make a new beginning. And, um, And he talks about being lifted up into the mountaintop. Right. And all of that, all of that, it was like, that was the signature mm-hmm. of the spiritual experience. It was like one second, I'm, you know, completely doomed. And the next I am free. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so when I saw that, I was like, this is amazing. Like this is the good stuff. And, um, and um, the so that beauty has stayed with me. That signature and that beauty has stayed with me. And my my uh, impulse to like probe that power, probe this twelve step process in terms of being able to have all of me experience the fourth dimension, not just the parts that aren't dissociated. Um, mm-hmm. And I've been working through um, taking the dissociated parts and introducing them to the divine, the spirit of love. Mm-hmm. And I know that the divine, and also this is the other thing, like often like saying higher power so many times that I I lose sight of the fact it's not human power. Right. And when I'm on my knees with the, um, profundity of the kinds of PTSD and derealization, depersonalization um, that I have. Um, I am speaking to a divine mind that is not human. So my Mm -hmm. um, limitations are not divine limitations. And that despite there being long stretches of time where I am not like, 
I get kind of like the 10,000 mile stare. I'm not even in my, I'm not, I'm in this horror torture place. I'm still weighing and measuring my Brussels sprouts. Right. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm not even here and it's happening. Right. So it's about new power flowing through new power flowing through and, and Regardless the, of whether you can feel it. Correct. But it, it's yeah. always clear in retrospect right? Because mm-hmm. if I can, I can hardly stand up and I'm, I'm no, it's not 11 point. <laughs> it's not 11.9% ounces of Brussels. It has to be 12 um, because that's the freedom in the container. And, and I know for lots of people um, weighing and measuring doesn't work, but for me, it's the, the closest to putting a plug in the jug that I know around food. Um, mm-hmm. But anyhow, so, so the, the, um, it has sustained me and this idea of there being a power that's not human power is not constricted by my particular disorders. And also when I get to a place and which I have many, many times on my knees around these other issues um, and the attachment to struggle and the, um, that I know that there is this power. I met it. I met it on April 17, 1994. And so, and I'm not saying it's a replacement for psychological help or anything like that. I'm just, I'm just, this isn't a very early stage kind of inquiry into the possibility of my experience, which is Caitlin, how we came together around, like, what if we could hook into the power for things that are about, that are life-giving and life-affirming, like the imperative to thrive like we're the hounds of heaven are at our ankles to thrive and our nervous systems are attached to struggle. So we don't have to worry about our nervous systems being attached to struggle because um, the divine can do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Right. And yeah. And what keeps occurring to me, almost like a grammatical edit scrolling over what you're saying when you said I met it was like it met you. Yeah. I found it found you. And that's why I asked you about the big book discovery because and I'd heard this story before, but it struck me very profoundly because on page 45 of the big book, where that favorite sentence is, obviously. <laughs> the next the next sentence is, but where and how were we to find this power and it just and then it says well that's exactly what this book is about its main object is to enable you to find a power power greater greater than yourself yourself. which will solve your problem and this is the proposition that i want to throw out there in terms of this work together is that if we are wired for struggle if we are the jaywalker who gets the thrill out of running through (laughs) in front of fast-moving cars because we were incubated in fear, shame, and terror as little munchies. Yeah. Is there but, a world in which we can find a power greater than ourselves, which will solve the problem? Right. Or let it find us and trust trust that happening. Or that's what's like, it keeps coming back to me because then also where you pointed to in Bill's story, it's like all that's required is we become willing to believe. There's no like found it in the steps. And um, 
I was listening to the radio yesterday, which I haven't done in years because most of the time I'm too busy worrying <laughs> to listen to the radio. But for some reason, I had a window of time where I was blissfully not concerned with myself mm. and turned on the radio. The best. It, gift, I don't know. Yeah, right. So my higher power came and found me. And most of the time, in my experience of those windows into, I think, living in the absence of struggle, which is so unfamiliar to me, is that it, it comes with a sort of boredom <laughs> and underwhelmingness. Mm -hmm. But that was happening. And on the radio was a story about these children in Colombia were just found having survived 40 days in the jungle and the efforts that the Colombian army hmm. had put into trying to find them. Hmm. And one of their ingenuities was to record the children's grandmother's voice and broadcast that. Oh my gosh. Yes. Because oh they knew God. the children would be too scared and traumatized to respond to the army. Oh my gosh. That's so beautiful. I know. I just want to cry. I know. Yeah. And these children had lost their mother in a plane crash and abandoned her body and were surviving. But there was some intuition that was operationalized that was that said these children need us to speak in a language that they will trust and it has to be super gentle um oh man that's beautiful like and I also know. it speaks to the orientation of um of the um the divine calling us um, and the early the thing we were talking about earlier, about sometimes like children, there's a view that children who are abused when they're very young um, have a compensatory ability to connect with that voice, to hear that voice, um, calling it out of the wilderness, right? And that's um, so lovely. Um, and and also um, the generosity of the divine because I have an orientation that I have to do it myself and I've got to go find the power and find the power. And it's like, no, 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 it, it's fine. You know, it's like, it's got you. It's, it's, and if, you know, you're listening and can connect with that, it's like, it's been calling and there, and it's so reassuring. It's so profoundly reassuring that I don't have to get it right or all hell's going to break loose, which is, um, all right. hell was breaking loose and I was, and I was trying to be perfect and it seemed to be impotent in terms of all hell breaking loose, but it was my default. Right. And, uh, and so that idea of like, no, heaven is present. We don't have to, uh, and you're not going to miss it if you do something wrong. Right. Right. So I love that. Like, um, 
And I also um, was looking this morning up at, at, at the birds and apparently like 3.5 billion birds migrate every year back and forth. Um, and they are responding to like a, an instinct clearly. Um, mm -hmm. And it's such a beautiful pattern and they don't know where they're going cognitively, but they're moving towards wherever they're going. And that's the same, um, almost like a gravitational pull that I've been experiencing. I know you've been experiencing and other fellows been experiencing of like, we are moving towards a life beyond our wildest dreams and taking the steps through the big book can connect to a power that can melt the nightmares. Right. And I, I, well, I loved also in how you described that the step one experience in the substance program and even in DA was first to identify what to stop doing. Mm -hmm. And it occurs to me that my, my initial reaction to the proposition of just stop struggling is like, I can't do that. I can't stop struggling. <laughs> yeah. It's like when I don't know if you've had the experience of getting a massage while the masseuse is telling you to relax. Mm -hmm. It's like, it doesn't, I'm like, no, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You're supposed mm -hmm. to be making me relax. I can't relax. That's why I'm at your table. Mm -hmm. um, but in this consideration of abundant gentleness, it's like maybe perhaps even that part of my brain that only knows how to recognize what not to do can be used here mm -hmm. because, and so this is to answer your initial question way back about what my experience was doing your step work assignment is that my experience is I can more easily recognize when something is wrong. And so if I can at least recognize that moment of constriction where I'm the compulsion to struggle with something, it happened this morning in our texting about mm -hmm. when to talk on the phone. Mm -hmm. I was like noticing that I was sitting on a bench in the park. I had these like calls to go. I was feeling like a little bit peaceful. And then all of a sudden my energy just shrunk I felt like my heart rate go up and then I at least recognized because I noticed the difference that I was beginning to just struggle. And then I helplessly was like, help. <laughs> and it kind of worked and um, things ended up working out, but, um, but yeah, I would love instead to just be zapped out of it once and for all. And perhaps that would actually be too hard for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, it, it's a great, it's an experiment, right? Yeah. And it just strikes me as curious that this divine power that has been blowing the minds of 
recovered alcoholics and all manner of other people for uh, a long time mm-hmm. is not on tap for yeah. things that are uh, for other things like um, being wired to struggle. And what I find though really powerful about the journey that we've been on, Caitlin, is the the clarion call to abundance beyond our wildest dreams. And there's something for me about put, taking it out of an abstract journey towards not struggling to an actual like grounded monetary version, right? That it um, it grounds it in some way um, that is quite extraordinary. So, so the, um, when I sit in meditation and the divine, cause our, our job each day is to pray only for knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out. And when knowledge of God's will through various and sundry means becomes clear that I am to be running a multi-million dollar company that is bizarre (laughs) (laughs) so i so praying only for knowledge and god's will and the power to carry it out and so it's like okay you've given me this download and for those of you with um uh training in uh torah or bubble around the story of Moses when he there was a burning bush uh story where it's like God came to him in a burning and the the bush was on fire which is actually happening a lot in the world right now but anyway the bush was on fire and um and apparently God spoke to to Moses saying he was going to lead his people um out of Egypt and he was like really (laughs) are you sure you got the right guy uh but he came in a burning bush and he was like okay um if you give me the power to do it i'll do it and then he parted water and did all manner of things and brought the israelites to safety and so no word of a lie around the same time that i got this kind of download that i was supposed to be doing this or this is where i was going i we had a landscaper um she, I just gave her carte blanche, whatever to do, whatever she wanted in the backyard. And she took, and then she was taking me through the plants and she's like, yeah. And I did this plan and that plan. And I put in a burning bush. <laughs> um, the shed, Right. And I was like, that's <laughs> what it's called a burning bush. Right. And I was like, cause it has like, I don't know, it's like red or whatever. And um, so one day I was like, I actually snuck out and I whispered to the bush. <laughs> Are you sure? Like, are you sure you want me to be running a company this process? I'm just checking it like, out. You have what? to talk now. I don't believe you enough. <laughs> and it's like, how can, can I, as with a nervous system attached to struggle, like down to the ground, uh, do that? And I knew that there'd have to be a psychic change. And the that's all the big book talks about is, it seems like from the, in the beginning, it's like all these people had a psychic change, psychic change. They were able to do and be things that they could not do for themselves. Lifetimes of ideas were fell away for new beginnings. Like all of this, like able to be and do things that they could not do before. And so 
the journey to that um, arriving at that place from coming into DA without being able to afford groceries to being able to um, co-create this company with the divine uh, and a business partner knowing that it's what I've called to. And I also say like, divine, if you want me not to do this at any time, you just give me the word and I will step down. Cause this is, it's cause it's the psychic changes um, has not been instantaneous. It's been layer by layer by layer by layer. And today I'm able to do things I could not do six months ago. And six months from now, I'll be able to do things that I can't do today. New powers flowing in as space is being provided as I do this work. And so the step one piece is like around thriving comes with where I'm being called to. Because it's like, I don't have a shot. And the big book talks about we had to concede to our innermost selves basically that we're in a trap that we cannot spring and we are uh, beyond human aid with that concession to our innermost self. And I went like, yes. (laughs) Right. Right. And so it's almost like, and this has been my experience. I remember reading my journaling about my powerlessness over fear and shame being sort of furious the same way they describe it in the big book or maybe the 12 and 12. But after you take step one, it's like, okay, you've convinced me I'm powerless. And now I'm mad at you because I know I can't do anything, but what now? (laughs) Like what? This is unacceptable. You have to wait for the next episode for step two. We're not there. (laughs) We're not there yet. But but I like though how right exactly um, that it doing it around thriving it's step two is almost kind of immediately involved yes for sure because because it is about a I I see where I'm called to go I have no idea how to get there but my seeing it convinces me of my powerlessness over the things that want to hold me back from doing it. And yeah, and it's interesting in the big book it it um it's it um it kind of, it puts step 1 and 2 together and then it, it says stories, and then we were at step 3, right? Mm-hmm. Um and again, the stake that I that I I I ground in this um and that I find so interesting that the history of AA was around uh Carl Jung and his, this very sophisticated um, psychiatrist, world-renowned, who worked with a guy for a year, day in and day out. He didn't know every inner spring of his mind, and he was drunk on the way home and desperate. And Carl Jung had the humility to say, well, you're pretty hopeless. And he said he felt the, the, the gates of hell had clanged behind him. And he said, are there no exceptions? And he said, yes. From time to time, there are spiritual experiences. And what the big book has done is codified that. Mm -hmm. That if you want to have a spiritual experience, you do these 12 things and you do them in sequence. And it's not that these things bring about the spiritual awakening so much as they they allow us to align to the power that will do for us, right? So they they bring it about in the sense that we're aligning to the power, but we're not doing anything. Like 
doing a really good fourth step doesn't because yes. self-knowledge avails us nothing, right? It's it's not about that. It's about doing the things that we're asked to do in in the sequence. Because the that's more absurd the, the better. The more absurd the better. <laughs> and also I take a lot of comfort as someone with a dissociative disorder of the of on page 42 when it talks about strange mental blank spots. Yes. <laughs> because I'm not saying my blank spots are stranger than other people. <laughs> right. But, but they're real. Is, they are real. And that a power has our defense must come from a higher power. And that's what I was saying before. Like, even though all of the dissociative things were happening, there is a power, the defense, the power was there and present and enabling the through line of recovery from uh, hopeless conditions of mind and body. And so the, the PTSD uh, and complex PTSD in child and infant and pre, in my case, pre-verbal, pre-verbal, so really little baby abuse um, is, um, oh, see, I just dissociated. Do you notice that? Mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. moved out. And I was about to say something about. And you have encountered a strange mental blank spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. You see, so it's interesting. So, so, so that to me, again, I've learned tenderness in that to say, mm-hmm. Oh, boo boo. <laughs> so you touched something there that was really sad, really tender. And so I'm just going to, um, uh, but when the big book talks about a seemingly, and the doctors talk about a seemingly hopeless condition of mind and body, that is especially true, I think, for those of us who were, um, our brains were developed um, when we were fighting for our lives, right? It's a, um, it's a, and, and that yet that's not um it's not um insurmountable because it's a, it's not a human power that's going to do this right and the same hum, the same hum, the same non-human power higher power that brings people together and and does this extraordinary work of freedom uh i believe can also do that mm-hmm. Because it'd yeah. be weird if it was above its pay grade, you know what I mean? <laughs> it would be weird. Or theologically, it wouldn't be a divinity as like technically. Yeah. Because then it would be limited by human understanding. So I have so many stories that are bubbling up about giving up in the absurdity of divine nudge sort of like the burning bush thing Mm. like if you if you want me to do this like make it abundantly clear and then I'll get like take a nap or like don't go and try and earn 150 dollars in three hours and schlep a big table in your car all the things that I'm geared up to do don't do that but there's no other instruction. It's just stop, like 
taken that like mm-hmm. and and when I have done those things literal money arrives at the door um mm-hmm. well it's it's um it's that gentleness can feel painful and oh. flow and, and ease is like alarming and that's where I have been playing in my mind with the idea of an allergy that we do not respond as other people do to uh like my husband who's a a normal like he responds normally to money and that he likes to save it so that he has money for when he needs it that's a normal reaction to money i do all kinds of things with money. I deflect it. I give it away. I spend it. I um, dodge it. I um, risk it, but I I don't save it. (laughs) Right. I have an abnormal reaction. Like, and and also the not, but the abnormal reaction is also not just the allergy of like getting the money, but it's also like that that brings me comfort. Right. That that brings me comfort, that that is like regulating is to um be struggling financially that the the um abundance that i'm being presented with makes me want to cry with despair mm-hmm. right i don't and so so what that's where it goes back to and i'll i'll you know end on this um is that the power to do step one has to be granted by the divine mother. Um, the, the power, once we divine the, well, like only knowledge of God's will and the power to carry it out. It's like the, once the alignment is there, the power will come to do it. And so the fundamental orientation of not having the power currently is so uh, critical. And I've heard it saying step like one it's is the perfect condition. Correct. It is the perfect condition. And step one is the only step that needs to be taken completely. Because in the absence, if I think I've got it, I've, I have a shot or I can figure it out which right. in, D, in DA, it, for me, it's been easy to do because there's lots of tools, right? I used to think yeah. I just, I need a bigger calculator. I need more Excel spreadsheets and I need whatever. Another PRG. <laughs> right? Action buddies or uh, yes. whatever. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. I'm beyond human aid. You're beyond human aid. <laughs> Why don't we spend the time seeking the power that can yeah. solve the problem? Like align to a power source. Right. And I'm not saying like accountability to each other and I is lovely. I'm, there's nothing wrong with, you know, having accountability around yeah. action, but we don't have the power and that's why we're here. And making commitments to each other doesn't give us that power. Um, right. It's only a power that's granted. That's right. Through uh, the spiritual experience, awakening that comes from this codified uh step work well it's great news because that means i don't have anything to do which is also (laughs) terrible news terrible news (laughs) yeah (laughs) 
right? So it's like, wow. Yeah. Like it, and the big book's full of this relax and take it easy. We don't struggle. Relax. Yeah. Take it easy. We don't struggle. That's the imperative. And that's why I feel like this is a fertile ground for exploration in terms of doing the steps, because it is an injunction of the divine to relax. Right. And it is an imperative of our adult nervous systems not to. And so it has to be a different power than us that does for us what we cannot do for ourselves. Yep. And I'm like, well, I got to go because I booked a massage and I'm going to (laughs) be late to it. (laughs) It's actually true. Yeah. So, uh, and I have a pressure relief feeding coming up. So there, so. um, Pressure will be relieved. Yeah. But as the, as the, uh, what the big book promises is not relief, but freedom. And, um, and I like to think that um, the divine is codifying through this work a way for us to approach it um, towards expansion and wonder beyond our wildest dreams. So blessings and um, look forward to step two. Yes, thank you. Should we end with a prayer? Indeed. Divine Mother, mm. grant us, grant us the serenity, the serenity to accept, to accept the, things the things we, we cannot change. change. The courage, the courage to change the, the things, things we can, we can. And, and the wisdom, wisdom to know the to difference. Know the difference. Amen. Amen. All right, I'll stop the recording. <laughs>